Well, hello there, and thanks for tuning in to HC Conversations, a podcast where we have discussions around faith, life, politics, and more, and how to navigate those things as a follower of Jesus. You'll also find audio from weekly messages at Hope Community. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, we're back and we're recording HC Conversations. That's and right. today is a extra special day. Does everybody know why today is a special day? Why, Phil? Because it's Paul's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I have been waiting till we started recording to say anything, and it's been like wanting to burst inside of me. (laughs) I hate you right now. (laughs) I know. Anyway, hey, happy birthday, Paul. Um, Well, thank you, Phil. I, I appreciate it. If we weren't recording a podcast right now, I feel like you want to just like throw something at me, so. I, I Please don't launch this. Don't launch your cup hot of cup of coffee. All right. Well, we're going to jump into it. As we've been talking the past couple of weeks about uh, deconversion, deconstruction of faith, like what are the things that oftentimes cause people to walk away from faith and that um, I guess we think shouldn't? I mean, like if, if you're going to walk away from faith, make sure you're walking away from the right thing. Right. Right. So last week we, we talked about. Uh, the issues, the perceived issues of, of faith and science. We talked about the, the, the issue of the Bible a couple of weeks ago. And today, um, we want to talk about something that might be one of the most prevalent issues as far as why people would walk away from faith or church, and that is uh, being hurt by the church, being mm-hmm. hurt by people, this issue of hypocrisy. Right. And this is something that um, if you've ever been in and around church, if you maybe... Um, have been around church people, you've maybe experienced the hurt uh, by just mean-spirited church people. Just mean Um, people. And again, we've said it before, we'll say it again, the reason why you might have left church or you might not be a follower of Jesus is because you just know too many church people. And uh, I guess we tend to distinguish church people from Jesus followers because you can go to church and not be following Jesus. Correct. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus even talks about that. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that last week uh, in a message that we, um, I guess, a conversation that we had for our Sunday morning service that there will be those that say, Lord, Lord, um, didn't we do all these things in your name? And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. You weren't producing the fruits of my kingdom. You weren't following after my ways. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a reality and we'll come back to that. But let's just acknowledge that hurt and hypocrisy in the church is real. If you've been hurt by the church, um, I just want to say, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't directly hurt you, but as somebody who works in a church on behalf of the church, uh, I'm sorry. That's not what church is supposed to be. Jesus' kingdom is not made up of those things. Um, and so the fact that you experience that, um, is just hurtful for me that to know that, that you experienced that. Yeah. So, like we said, one of the major, so one of the, the big reasons why people would walk away from faith. Uh, Barna is a study group organization. They did a study, it's kind of older now, it's 2007. They might have some more current numbers on it, but this is the most recent I've got, um, of why people walk away from faith. And so none of the top six reasons had anything to do with, like, an evidential reason. Like, I found evidence for why this isn't true. They all revolve around this kind of personal hurt and pain type thing. So number one reason is Christianity is anti-LGBT, 91% of people. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is Christianity, people are, they're judgmental. 87% of people said that. And number three, 
uh, Christians are hypocritical. 85% of people who have walked away from faith, um, 85% say one of the biggest reasons is because Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. Right. Like, so this is a major, major issue. Um, I don't know what to say about it other than like, it is an issue. <laughs> and there, there's no, there's no covering it up. There's no hiding it. There's no excuse for it. Right. Like, there's no way to like look at this and say, well, well, here's why, uh, you know, you shouldn't walk away because of this, because you're, uh, you're actually misinformed. Christians aren't hypocrites. Like, no, that's not it at all. <laughs> we are, are a they bunch are. of hypocrites. So I don't know. <laughs> I think the bigger issue is, is not the fact that Christians are hypocrites because everybody is a hypocrite. Yes. Everybody I mean, very few people actually have a consistent set of beliefs that they adhere to. Yeah, we're all hypocrites uh, somewhere along the line. Right? Um, I say one I think thing, I do another. The fact that Christians fail to acknowledge it is yeah. the bigger hurt. That's 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 true. That's really true. That's that's the bigger issue. The fact that they act like everything is okay, um, that they're not hypocrites when <laughs> very clearly they are. Right. Uh, that's the bigger issue I think that people have with with Christians. Yeah, and what's interesting is. Like, as Christians, we, we, we do this thing where we say that we know that we're messed up. But, like, that's where the hypocritical nature, I mean, I guess, comes in. So it's, it's, it's not that with our words we deny that we're broken. We're like, oh, well, you know, the church is a hospital for the broken, and it's, it's, for, it's for sinners, and, and, like, all these things. Like, I know I've, I've got issues. And so with our words, we say that. Right. Because it sounds nice. It does. It sounds it, it so- like that's what we're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to the reality of how we live that out, we live like not only that, that we're okay, like there's nothing wrong with me. Like I say there's something wrong with me, but I live like I'm just fine. But then we, the, the problem becomes it's, it's when you mix the, hip- the hypocrisy with the judgmentalism. Mm-hmm. Like I put that on you because, you know, you're doing that. You're terrible. Um, but me, I'm just broken. I'm just messed up. But you're a terrible person. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. like what, what, what is that? What is that? Um, yeah. And part of that, you know, whenever that happens, it's, it's destroying somebody's identity and saying you're a terrible person. You know, it's okay for me to do this, but not okay for you to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, just hypocrisy and beliefs and say, so, you know, going to, to church on a Sunday morning and then living completely different the rest of the week or, you know, saying that you love God, but then your theology causes you to mistreat those that are made in God's image when right. very clearly the New Testament teaches us that the way we express our love, that we love God is by how we love those made in his image. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not about right belief. Like, that's that's the thing. Okay, so the first time, really, that this idea of, of being a hypocrite is used in a negative connotation, it's by Jesus. <laughs> like, the, the the I don't know what the exact Greek word for hypocrite is. It it kind of looks like the word hypocrite. It does, but it means you know someone who wears a mask, right? So th- these were these were actors like in the Greek theater that were one person, like they were a real person, but when they would go out to act, they put this mask on and they would portray someone else. And so that was just like a normal thing. It was it was actually Jesus that like contextualized that and gave us kind of our modern understanding of it when he calls out the religious leaders and he calls them he says you hypocrites like you're telling people to do one thing 
but, but you're actually doing something very, very different. Or you're portraying one thing, this sort of piety to the world around you, but that's just the mask underneath. Like that's not who right. you are. They're telling people to, to do all this stuff, to carry the, the weight of all these laws, but they themselves are not willing to do that. Yeah. Um, and so it, you know, it's interesting, like you just t- the talking about the idea of belief then versus how you treat people. And that's where this hypocritical nature came in that Jesus criticized them for. Cause if you were to look at their beliefs, like their theology, what the, what the religious leaders believed, like, as far as like a mental exercise, what they believed about God and what Jesus believed in that same way, as far as theology, they would line up. Right. Like that's not where the the tension was. The issue was, well, you say you believe this, but then that doesn't actually inform how you treat people. Right. Your actions show that you really don't believe that. Yeah. So any, any time that your, uh, your particular b- belief or theology or view of God causes you to mistreat somebody who's made in the image of God, it's wrong. Like, your your theology is wrong somewhere. You better figure it out and get it fixed. Right. Uh, and it's just 2,000 years later, after Jesus said that and called people out for it over and over again, it's still an issue. Mm-hmm. It was consistently, it was consistently the thing that Jesus was fired up about. Right. That he was mad about. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, Jesus, you know, yeah, he, you know, he called out sin and, and, you know, he made a whip and turned over tables. And it's like, yeah, but when you look at all the times that Jesus actually does get mad, it's always over this idea of hypocrisy. Right. Over those who are claiming, oh, yeah, I know God and I'm following him. Um, he never gets to be mad, aggressive Jesus with like, you know, the woman at the well or the woman caught in adultery or, you know, Zacchaeus or Matthew, these tax collectors. It's like that's never where that kind of righteous anger comes out of Jesus. It's always with the religious. Right. And yet religious people want to flip to get, that. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, mistreat the, the people that Jesus treated well. Um, I think one thing about hypocrisy that it's a problem today is because there's a lot of people in the church that aren't actually following Jesus. When you look at those things that should characterize a Jesus follower, you know, the fruits of the spirit, Mm -hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You don't see those things. And those things are evidence of, of somebody's life commitment to follow Jesus of them walking with him. And so I think there's a lot of people in what I would say the the social institution of the church today, not the church as in what is actually following Jesus, yeah. the, the church that spans both time, space. Um, and so the church is made up of all these people that claim to be following Jesus, that their lives have not been transformed by him and by his spirit. Yes. Um, and I think as time goes on and as our society becomes more and more post-Christian, as it's, you know, less and less culturally acceptable to go to church. I think this will become one of those reasons that isn't really a reason people walk away from anymore. Yeah. That the church will not be full of hypocrites because those who actually are part of a local church, they actually believe and truly follow Jesus because it's not going to be accepted anymore. It's not going to be culturally comfortable to, to just go to church because that's the acceptable thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. That, so much of it is that kind of cultural idea. And, and that's an idea that, you know, if you look into scripture, there's always this idea that there's the broader group of people that claim to be following God, but then they're, they're not. But within that, there's always like a remnant 
Like there's right. a small group of faithful people that that plays out through the story of um, the nation of Israel, like throughout the Old Testament, where the whole nation is supposed to be devoted to God and following him. And there's supposed to be a nation of priests and this representation of God's goodness into the world. But I mean, they chase after idols and they do just I mean, horrible, unthinkable things. They're like sacrificing their children. They're they're making these alliances with foreign nations. And, you know, it ends up getting them thrown into exile and all throughout Israel's story, though there's always a, a remnant, a small portion of people that are like, no, that's, that's not what we're supposed to right. be doing. And it's always a minority of people. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the loud majority. Um, and, and, I mean, you, you see that idea, like we've been referencing in Jesus' teaching, too, you know, where he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, you know, is going to enter into my kingdom. Not everybody, but then they'll say, well, didn't we prophesy in your name and we cast out demons? He's like, I never knew you. Um, you know, he talks about the true and the false disciples and the true and the false teachers. There's that idea that, yeah, there's there's a lot of people who are going to wear my name, if you will. You know, they're going to wear this badge of Christian, but not everyone who says that actually is. And so we see that continuing to play out. Right. And I think uh, a, a part of that, especially today, is because the church in general has failed to m- disciple people, and that is to, to teach them to walk in the ways of Jesus. And so what the church has actually done is it's just gathered people to be part of the social institution, mm-hmm. but hasn't actually taught them to truly follow Jesus. Yeah. So much of that happened whenever whenever Christianity began to sit in, in the places of power, mm-hmm. right? Because we read... As, as Western, like as Americans, we read like scripture from a position of, of power, of authority, of influence, because we're, we sit in that place in society. But when you, whenever it was written, right, it was written to and for people who were not that, right? They, right, they were an oppressed minority. They were an oppressed minority. They were people on the margins. They were people that, that didn't have power. They were people that the whole world was against. And it's written from and for that perspective. And that's how the early church started too, right? Like the first, you know, couple centuries, the first few hundred years of the Jesus movement, it was an underground thing. It was it was poor and slaves and women and children and everybody from society that had no sense of power whatsoever. And now there were certainly some um, individuals of prominence and power and wealth who became a part of that movement too. But early on, it was just this this thing, and and because it was it wasn't a place of power and it wasn't a popular position, you had to really be committed to it. Right. And people were really following this this radically different way of life. Mm-hmm. But then you know, we mentioned him before. Then with the Roman um, Emperor Constantine, he makes. All religions legal, including Christianity. He himself becomes a Christian. And even the way that, that happens, if you've ever heard the story, it's like he has this vision and there's a cross in the language. It's like, go and conquer, you know, in this in this way, in this symbol, in this right. name. It's like, wait, that's just antithetical to the way of Jesus. But now the rich and the powerful and the elites become Christians. Now Christianity is in a place of power and authority. Now Christianity starts getting intermingled with the state mm-hmm. and the Roman Empire, right. and they're inseparable. And, th- and, and then because of the way that people work and world kingdoms work, and you've got people using Christianity 
to accomplish nationalistic ideals. Mm-hmm. This happens in the Roman Empire, you know, the, the Holy Roman Empire. This happens um, as, as Christianity moves up into Europe, uh, and you see things like the Crusades. And these are all the things that people bring up, like, you know, Christians are hypocrites. I don't want to be a Christian because look what's been done in the name of Christianity. Like, none of that was Christianity. Right. That was that was nationalism. That, that was, was tribalism. Power. That was political power, and they slapped a cross on it. Right. But then within that, you always had the small group of people that were, like, pushing against that. And most of them ended up killed for it. <laughs> and they weren't killed by the world. They were killed by the, quote, church and right. like the religious leaders because they were threatening the system. That's why Jesus got killed, okay? Like, Jesus wasn't killed because he was just some nice teacher. Right. He got killed because he was threatening, like, these systems and structures, um, that went against power. So it's like, it's this subversive thing. When Christianity moves to the place of power, then we can do whatever we want to with it. Yep. And that's when you're into this place of, of hypocrisy because it was never meant to be that. Right. And, and you mentioned the, um, you know, the, the crusades and mm-hmm. I just have some numbers here. Um, it's, it's popular to say that, you know, during the crusades and because of Christianity, that millions of people have been killed. Um, whenever you actually, Digging into it, um, scholars today put the estimate at between 40 and 60,000 people. Um, it's a far cry from millions. Yes. Um, in reality, you know, uh, uh, and then people will make the claim that we need, you know, atheistic re- regimes and governments. Um, when in the last hundred years, um, non-religious convictions killed over 100 million people. Right. So just saying that we need to go to the other extreme and not have religion um, has led to the worst atrocities. I mean, Hitler killed 6 million Jews, Hitler, gypsies, Germany, uh, uh, Stalin's, Russia, Stalin's Russia, the Kilmer, Mao's China. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, I mean, the point is that world powers, they use violence and power and coercion to kill people. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. That's not like a religious or non-religious thing. Um, yeah, and so like you were saying, the numbers with like the Crusades are overinflated, but even even that's too many. Right. But the point is like that's not Christianity. Right. So the point isn't to evaluate Jesus based on how some people claim to to follow him mm-hmm. because they're not actually following him. The point of Christianity and the point of Christianity isn't to be a good person to become a moral person. No. no. The, the point is to submit to God's rule and reign. And follow after him, Jesus, with everything that you have. Uh, and along the way, yes, you'll be transformed, but it's not to become a moral person. Um, and so evaluate Jesus for what he said and what he did, not based on how some people claimed his name mm-hmm. are following him, because yeah. they're not actually following him. Right. And, th- and that, too, like evaluate Christianity, evaluate followers of Jesus— through the lens of what Jesus said too, right? Because, right? um, yeah, you have like legitimate things to be able to say, Christians are hypocrites, right? Like to, to look at what Jesus actually said and do that. So evaluate them through that lens, not what they've told you. Evaluate Jesus through the lens of what he portrays about himself mm-hmm. um, and understand that uh, just anything that hurts or marginalizes people uh, in the name of Christ is a complete rejection of everything that he stood for. Right. Like, if, if it hurts, marginalizes, dehumanizes a person, it is it is a complete just betrayal of, of Jesus himself. But Phil, don't we have to stand for the truth? 
I knew that was coming. Um, I, I don't know. Do we? <laughs> How about that? What is You're going to flip Paul? it back to me. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, yes and no. That's the thing. I guess we need to stand for for truth, but not in the way that that's been twisted to mean. Because that's been made to mean I just take, first of all, my interpretation of Scripture, yes. and I cram it down your throat and say, Jesus said, you know, you got to stand up for truth. Um, actually, nowhere does it say you have to stand up for truth. <laughs> no, in fact, <laughs> like, the only thing that would maybe come close is Peter you know, saying, be ready to give a response for the hope that right. you have. That's a response for the hope that you have, not a response yeah. for why you people should believe in the Bible. Um, Jesus was full of grace. Okay. Full of grace, grace. First, grace first and, and truth. truth. And so, yeah, standing up for truth, like, I think we have a responsibility within the church. Like, if, if you have made the commitment, this is a misunderstanding of what it means to, here's like the phrase we use, to accept Jesus into your heart. Okay, we have a misunderstanding of the gospel. It's like, mm -hmm. I made Jesus my Savior, but no, you are, you are declaring him as your Lord. Like, my allegiance is to him. If you've made that decision to say, I'm submitting myself to the Lordship of Christ, then within the church, we have the responsibility to hold one another accountable to that, right? Like, you and I, Paul, we're sitting across this table. We've both said, Jesus is Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, and so if, if I'm doing something that steps out of line with that truth, then you get to tell me, hey, Phil, remember Jesus is Lord, so don't do that. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. We have no instruction, no responsibility, no command to go out to people out in the world and say, hey, Jesus said don't do that. The Apostle Paul <laughs> talked about that in his letters. Uh, he said, you know, who are we to judge those outside the church? Yeah. And it's later on he business. says, you know, if we were to try to escape, you know, those who are of this world, we would have to go to another planet because yeah. we can't do it. So don't separate yourselves from everybody else. Don't try to get them to live like you. You worry about you. Like So right. that's where this whole idea of, of standing up for the truth, I think, comes from. It comes right. within the, the, the body of Jesus. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you even talk about Paul, um, you know, the whole grace and truth thing. I've got to stand up for truth. And Paul says in one of his letters, he's like, let your, let your speech be full of grace, seasoned with salt, that idea of truth. It's like, okay, you know, you, you are grace heavy on the front end. But yeah, truth is important, but you don't just slap people around with it. Right. How did Jesus interact with those who were outside of his gathering? Mm -hmm. It was always grace first and then truth later. Yeah. The woman caught in adultery. Yeah. The woman at the well. Again, Zacchaeus, Matthew, right. like all of these people you see Jesus interact with. And then when it came to the religious people, it was always truth first. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of grace. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know better. That's the idea. Right. Like, hey, wait a minute. You're, you're not supposed to be. Um, and, and for those outside of Christianity or who have maybe walked away to call the church out for this, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Because it brings to light the fact that there are, we don't get it right, that we're not living how we should, that there are people that are not actually following Jesus, and it calls us back to those things. Yeah. And then, so I, I can hear the natural counter argument from, um, from Christians to be like, well, then aren't we supposed to like, how's, I guess, how's the world ever going to change? Aren't we supposed to tell people what the truth is? You know, you know what I mean? Like, again, we have a misunderstanding there. Like your, your job is not to call people out. Nope. Your job is not to convict people. That's your the Holy Spirit's that's the job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Your, your, our job is to 
live in such a radically different way that people see the beauty of the kingdom and the king of the kingdom. Right. Right. Like that is the whole picture is like, okay, there's a king. My allegiance is to him. His name is Jesus. He's a part of this counter, this counter kingdom that's counter to the ways of the world. And I'm going to live in that kingdom. And that is the truth that I proclaim. Right. And when people see, wow, that is so different than the world. And it's so, so much more beautiful. It's not about power. It's not about advancing myself. It's not about my agenda. It's about love and sacrifice and justice for those who are oppressed. Like when people see that and they say, okay, I want to know about this Jesus. He'll take care of the, if there's convicting that needs to happen and there's change that needs to happen, not my responsibility. Right. And if we can, if we can stop doing that, if we can try to stop policing the world's behavior, the hypocrisy thing does, isn't an issue then because yeah, I may not be living up to the standards of Jesus all the time because we fail, but at least I'm not, you know, telling you that you're not too. You know, right. something else that Jesus said: take the speck or take the log out of your eye before you try to call out the speck in your brother's eye. Right. Um, you know, you gotta, yeah. Just it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole list of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, so all in all, <laughs> let's put a bow on this. Yes. When people who are outside the church claim that Christians are hypocrites, that isn't absolutely fair assessment they absolutely are i am right i i I still say things and do the opposite sometimes um that's a legitimate thing i don't think it needs to be a reason that people walk away from faith because we need to evaluate what faith is through who jesus actually is not the people that claim to be following him Mm -hmm. um and then for christians you're you're never going to be perfect and get this perfectly right but every day, every moment, you should try to be bringing your actions into line with your belief. Right. Right. That, and, and closing that hypocrisy gap. Yeah. So if you walked away from faith because of hypocrisy, um, maybe this causes you to reconsider. And uh, I'd encourage you to, to reconsider the truth claims of Jesus um, and just begin following him. Jesus didn't say anything that you have to believe, everything that he believed, just he invited people to follow. And so that's my invitation to you is just start following and see where that leads. I mean, you have nothing to lose. So. All right. We're putting a wrap on it for today. That's right. Thanks for joining us again. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to uh, subscribe, to leave us a rating or review on iTunes right. and Do to all share this podcast with your friends. Um, and we'll see you back here next week. Woo-hoo.